for who you are. God, we thank you, God, for this appointed time. We just give you praise today, God. For you alone are worthy. Praise of honor, of glory. There is none like you. Father, today we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that we can depend on you. But more than that, God, we thank you, Lord, that you loved us with an everlasting love. So, God, today we thank you, God, for your habitation in this house. Lord, as we go forth on today, we thank you, God, that your word is going to go forth. Father, we thank you, Lord, for seeing about your people on today. So, Father, use us mightily. Have your way in this house. We lift up Bishop Jackson and the team to you. Just strengthen them right now where they are. We thank you for keeping us. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As you're standing. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. And it reads, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen 
Amen. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly. That word says exceeding abundantly. Not exceedingly, but exceeding. Because there is a difference. Exceedingly abundantly. There's a grammatical comma in there. That says exceedingly is one thing and abundantly is another, but exceeding abundantly says going beyond abundantly. All that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. And just a little different spin on this passage of scripture this morning. This morning we just want to present a thought before you maturing for the mission. Maturing for the mission. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Maturing for the mission. Amen. We understand that as believers, we have been called. We have been called by God. Amen. Matthew 28, he talks about the mission. Amen. He said, go, right? Right? And, and, they're, they're throughout the life of the church. Amen. As we preach and we teach about the importance of going. And it's important that we go. But it's also important that we have a, a good understanding of what that going means. You could also interpret that or read that to, to say wherever you go. Amen. Because that's what the mission comes down to. It comes down to wherever you go, whether you're at home, you're at work, at school, at play, wherever you are, wherever you go. Amen. You are to go spreading the word. Amen. And, and as you spread the word, it's more important that we spread the word in how we treat people how we love people, how we are able to show the love of Christ, the life of Christ, because we are the body of Christ. And as we take this into understanding, it's important that the more you mature, the more you begin to reflect Christ. Amen. The more you mature, the more you begin to reflect Christ. And that's why we come here every Sunday, every Wednesday, because we are desiring to mature. That's why we pray. That's why we read our word. Why? Because we are desiring to mature. And as you grow and as you mature, it's important that you understand that it is more about God than it is about you. It is more about God than it is about you. Somebody say it's more about God than it is about me. And it's important that we understand that that is a struggle that we have to deal with. Because oftentimes, even this morning, some of us in here, it is more about us than it is about God. Amen. Because, you know, we get caught up and, and we get sidetracked. We get distracted. Amen. With what's going on in, in this world. Amen. You know, some of us in here, we might be thinking about what's going on at work right now. Might be thinking about... Amen. What we're going to do when we get home. We're thinking about, 
amen, what, what time the Panthers are playing or whether or not Elder Stowe is going to preach for an hour this morning, amen. Amen. He hadn't, he hadn't preached in a while, hadn't been here in a few Sundays either, so you don't know what you're going to get this morning. You're, you're, you're facing the unexpected right now. Nevertheless, oftentimes we find ourselves distracted, amen? Amen. Uh, even when we should be focused on God, we find, you know, it's not, it's not difficult for us to be distracted, is it? Amen. Even to the point where we have to understand as I, as I, as we are going to mature in this thing, as we're maturing for the mission, amen, we have to begin to put into practice, amen, certain things that are fundamental to this walk, amen. It's important that we pray, isn't it? It's important that we read the word, isn't it? It's important that we understand that, that, that daily we've got to crucify our flesh, amen. It's important that we understand I got to have my mind right. Amen. Because if my mind is not right, amen, I'm liable to pop off on someone. Is that right? Huh? I got I, I to gotta keep, keep this mind right because if this mind is not right, amen, amen, I might say the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, or do the wrong thing. Amen, amen. This, this, this mind can be, be crucial, can be critical. It is crucial and critical to this world. Paul in Philippians said, let this mind be in you, amen, which is also in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's important. It's important that a big part of my maturity is where is where I am with my mindset. Right. Amen. And your mindset will tell you whether or not. Amen. You are focused on God or focused on yourself. Amen. What you say and what you think and what you do, it's, it's going to give you away as to whether or not your focus is on you or your focus is on God, because God is going to put you in some challenging situations. God is going to put you in some trying situations, but those situations are not challenging or trying to him. They are challenging and trying for us. You've got to understand that every situation God has put you in is for your good. Somebody say, for my good. Why? Because all things are working together for whose good? For my good. Why? Because I love the Lord and I'm called according to his purposes. But every situation that God has placed me in does not always feel good, does it? Are y'all hearing me? Amen. How many of you can testify that every situation that you're in, it always feels good? Huh? But the word said all things are working together, right? Amen. So it might not look positive, but it is positive. Is that right? Huh? It might not look beneficial, but it is beneficial. Is that right? It might not look to your benefit, but it is to your benefit. Is that right? Why? Because you are where God has told you to be. So you got to have a trust and a confidence in knowing and knowing that all things are working for your good. Amen. So at the, the center of all this has to be the gospel of Christ. It has to be the gospel. It has to be what the word has said about Jesus. And there are three things that we want to present before you this morning. Uh, the first thing when it, as it relates to our being mature for the mission is we have to believe in the supremacy of God. We have to believe that God is supreme. What are you talking about? Sometimes we struggle with where we are, with who we are, with what's going on, because we really don't believe that God is who he says he is. If we really did believe that God is who he says he is, 
Our attitudes will be a whole lot different sometimes. Our disposition will be a whole lot different sometimes. What we say would be different sometimes. We'd have a different choice of words if we really did believe that God was all-powerful. If we really did believe that God was all-knowing. If we really did believe that God was everywhere. If I really believed that God was a healer. Amen. When I'm sick in my body, would I really question whether or not God could heal me? If I really did believe that God was a provider, when I faced a need, would I really question whether or not God could fill this need? Because somewhere at the root of my spirit, I've got to have a confidence that says what I'm facing right now is not too hard for my God. What I'm dealing with right now is not too hard for my God. One of the marks of a person who is spiritually maturing is that you have to have a big view of God. What is your view of God? How do you see the God that you serve? Do you trust him? Do you, is he at the center of your life? Are your desires and your decisions based on your submission to him? Because if you really believed that who he that he is who he says he is, if we really believe that, you know, you would be able to tell by our actions, wouldn't you? You'd be tell you would be able to tell by the things that we say, by the things that we do. I know it gets difficult sometimes, but but at the center of that, you have to believe that God is who he says he is. Is that right? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. But more important than that, that, that Christ dwell in our hearts. Christ dwell in our hearts so that we're able to comprehend that length and that breadth and that depth and that height. How big is God to you? How big is God to you? Is he big enough to resolve all your issues? Is God big enough for you to put your issues to the side and focus on him enough to allow him to use you for whatever it is he wants you to use you for in spite of what you're facing? Is God bigger than the problems that you're facing? Is God bigger than your struggles? Because if we ever get to a point where we believe that, where we know that, then our focus and our attention shifts. It shifts away from us and it begins to shift towards God. So that now I'm in a position where I say, okay, God, however you want to use me, whatever you want to do. Does that make sense? Because, because at the end of the day, the things that we are facing and we're dealing with, oftentimes they can cloud our judgment. How they can they can they can change our focus so that we begin to look things from look at things from a worldly perspective as opposed to a godly perspective so that you begin you because you're now distracted by what you're facing you don't see the opportunities you don't see the opportunities that God is bringing across your path and just suppose just suppose that the key 
to God bringing you out of that thing is how you respond to the thing that he's placed in front of you. But I miss it because my attention is turned to this. When God wants to bring me out with this, does everyone see that? Because we get so caught up. We get so caught up in the cares of this world and the cares of our own lives. And we, we, we figure in our minds, how many of you have ever figured in your minds how God is supposed to do something? Huh? How many of us in here are God's greatest advisor? When it comes to my life, when it comes to my life, nobody can tell God how to do things better than me. There are even times when I need to go to him and let him know the best way we need to handle this situation. There are even times, there are even times, have you ever gone to the movie, have you ever seen a movie preview? Or seen a movie, and at the beginning of the movie, they have a rating. It's called parental advisory. That means that you are being advised from a parental standpoint. The rating of this movie as to whether or not your children should be able to watch it. And some of us have even given God a parental advisory rating. to let him know <coughs> from a parental standpoint, God, this is how this needs to be handled. But more importantly, more importantly, whenever you have your own idea of how God should handle something in your life, you miss out on hearing how he really wants to handle it. Because the word says, that, is God going to keep anything hidden from you? But as you seek him, as you talk to him, is he going to communicate back to you? Is he going to lead you and guide you into all truth? Is that not what he said in his word? So how can you hear me have you ever talked? Have you ever tried to tell somebody something that wouldn't stop talking? <laughs> or have you ever been? Have you ever been in conversations, in group conversations, and everybody else was talking, and you couldn't get a word in? 
And especially, especially for me, because I'm not a talker anyway. So if I'm in, if I'm with a group of people and a group of people is talking, I just be quiet and listen. I ain't got to say a word. Don't get mad at me. Don't get upset at me. I I just my personality is not steered towards fighting for time to talk, or to convince you to hear what I got to say. Now, if you turn to me and you ask me, then 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 hopefully my attention has not drifted too far. I'm just being honest. Hopefully my attention has not drifted too far. And I'm still in the conversation, and I can respond back quickly. But then it may be possible that you may have to ask me a second time just to pull me back. But it's, impo- it's important. It's important. How good, are, how good are your communication skills with God? Do you are, do you do all the talking and not enough listening? Or when he's talking to you, do you get distracted and not hear what he's saying so that he has to communicate over and over again what it is he's trying to say to you? Does that make sense? The second thing, the sovereignty of God. Don't you know that God can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it? And it's important for us to understand that as we trust his word, that as we are strengthened in our inner man, as we begin to mature, we take on a confidence We take on a confidence in knowing that God is going to provide and God is going to to do everything that he wants to do. There's nothing that God is going to set out to accomplish that he's not going to accomplish. So when it comes to me and my life, whatever God wants to do in my life, he's going to do it. Does that make sense? In spite of how things look, in spite of how I believe things, are going to work out. It's not up to us to determine the focus that God should have when it comes to our lives. It's not for, it's not for you to determine what God should be focused on in your life. Why? Because God is sovereign. Sovereign. God can do it however he wants to do it. It's not for us to question it. It's not for us to debate with it. How many of you have ever debated with God? <coughs> It's not for us to debate with him. It's just for us to do what? To trust him. God's sovereignty should give us hope that as long as we follow in obedience to him, we are in the center of his will. There are going to be days where it's going to seem seem like things aren't going to be right. How many of you had days that seemed like things weren't going to be going right? Huh? Yesterday might have been one. Today might have started out as one. So how 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 do I handle that? God is sovereign. God can do it however he wants to do it. What's important for me in those days is I have my mind and my attitude right. 
it's important for me to have my mind and my attitude right so I don't do anything so so I don't do anything to change to change the manner in which God is working right now. Does that make sense? It's like starting out. Starting out on a journey, right? And then (coughs) you get to the next step, and then you become distracted, and now you got to start all over. And how easy is it to start all over? Because you've lost all your momentum. What What happens when you're moving, and then all of a sudden you have to stop? You've got to take time to get back up to the momentum and the speed at which you were going. Is that right? So, so it's important when things are not going right. The most important thing for the most important thing for me to check is my attitude, huh? The most important thing for me to check is my attitude, and my perspective. Because if my attitude and my perspective get in the way of what God is trying to do. How God is moving, what's gonna happen? What's that mean? It's gonna take longer and longer. It's gonna take longer and longer for God to work that thing out. Because now, now He's got to get my attitude. My attitude has to get back to where it has to be. My disposition has to get my my focus has to my focus has to get back to where it needs to be. Sometimes it's just our focus is to get that that gets get sidetracked. We're focused on what we're seeing as opposed to be focusing on God. Does that make sense? Another thing is, another question to ask is, how do you measure success? How do you measure, do you measure success by the world standards or you do, measure, do you measure by God's standards? Is it, what, is it what the world determines to be successful? Or is it how God determines it's successful? Because there is a difference. There is a difference. The world, the world's definition of success is measured, is measured from a tangible perspective. The world's measure of success is measured by a tangible perspective. Can you see it? Can you touch it? Can you feel it? Right? Can you hear it? Can you hold it? Does that make sense? But God says, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and dust corrupt. Right? But lay up for yourselves treasures where? In heaven. Now, how many of you can see your treasures? Can you see your treasures? Huh? No, with your eyes, can you see your treasures? Huh? Can you touch your treasures? Can you hold your treasures? Can you feel your treasures? Now, now you take all of that into perspective. You're hearing all of that. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you have treasures? Yes. 
So now if you have treasures, now there's a certain confidence, right? There's a certain confidence I have now that, that says from, a, from God's perspective, I am what? I am successful. The only way you can have joy in the midst of a hardship is to know that God is sovereign. Huh? That's the only way you can have joy in the midst of what you're going through. That is in, in the midst of this thing. What? God, God is still sovereign. God is, in, God is not surprised by anything. He's not challenged by anything. He's not taken aback by anything. God is sovereign. He knows all. Not only that, but he can do all. So should, should we ever be dazed or confused or surprised? We shouldn't. We shouldn't, but the fact is that oftentimes we are, aren't we? So experiencing joy in the midst of trials is a sign of spiritual maturity. So don't allow a weight of failure. Don't allow a weight of failure to cause you to miss the successes that God has stored up for you. When we begin to see things from this vantage point and this perspective, you know, because how many, how, how many of you in here like to lose? Because, because but what, what, happens, what happens when you perceive that you're losing? You lose interest, don't you? Huh? You lose interest, don't you? This is the first year that I'm playing fantasy football with, with Joshua. <clears throat> and we had the draft, and draft night, I was so excited. Because I said, ooh, I got a team. I was so proud of my team. I was showing people I work with. I was showing people in the grocery store. I was showing people wherever I saw people. If, if I... This is, my, this is my fantasy football team. I was so proud of my team. I said, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a get them. Name of my team was Who's Your Daddy? That's the name of my team. I was. I had, I had that thing. All, all said, I said, Who's Your Daddy? I, I mean, listen, I was telling, you know, I said, You know what? I'm, man, I mean, y'all, I had, I got Tom Brady, I got Cam Newton. I got a, I have a squad, right? From the looks of it, I even looked at their team, brother Kevin. I said, you know what? It's a wrap. I'm, it's done. Done. They are done. First game. First game, Lady Jackson. First game. Listen, the first game, my bench, I lost. I said, that's okay. Because my bench scored more points. Like, my team is so stacked. My bench scored more points than my starters. I said, I'm good. All I need, all I need to do is shift my starters. It's a wrap. Okay, you know, sometimes, sometimes you hit bumps in the road. Sometimes we hit bumps on the road in this walk that don't throw us off track too much. Right? So the Lake Jackson, the second game, I got beat by like 50 points. Not 50. 
not 50, 50. It was bad. It was bad. I said, this don't make no sense. So you know, so you know, I just I adjusted my my I adjusted my stance, my starters again. And then and then and see, this is what happened. I began to, I began to consider doing some trading. Because you know what? A lot a lot of times in this walk, we have to be careful that we that we have to be careful that we don't do some trading when it comes to our walk with God. Are you following me? Are you following? Thing, 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 things, things that are things that are important and 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 crucial and necessary to this walk. The fruit of the fruit of the spirit, the character. We've got to be careful that we don't do some trading because we are not getting the types of results that we feel that we should be getting. Are you following me? Are you following? Because I even considered some trading, Lady Jackson. I said, why? Because because I'm not going. I'm, I'm not winning. I'm 0-2 already. So so I so I said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm gonna stick with what I got. I'm gonna do some more adjustments. So I did some more. Third game. Third game, I lost again. I had, I, I know one game. I had Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he had three points. I said, really? Tom Brady, my six, three, three, seven points. I said, really? But, but you know, but guess what happened? Then. I began to lose interest. I I I began to lose it. I be, I began to because what what hap, what happens when you are involved in something where you're not winning? Huh? Come on, listen, talk to me now. What happens what happens when you're involved in something where you are not winning? You lose you lose your interest, don't you? It, it it become it's not as important to you as it once was because I remember the first game I was doing refresh on my phone all I got to do was drop it. I was gonna refresh every few minutes I was checking scores on ESPN I was looking at everything I was watching my because huh, I knew I was just gonna blow them out the water but the last game I had I don't think I checked it I was losing till the end. I didn't lose by much the last game, just like 12 or 15 or something like that. Now, what, now don't say good Lord like that. That, that. that wasn't that many points now. <laughs> but no. But no, it, it's, a, it's a, hear me, because I want, I want us to understand this. Because there are times, there are times in this walk where we do not believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And in those times, you got to be careful. You've got to be careful that you don't lose your focus 
that you don't lose your interest, that you don't lose your drive, that you're not willing to trade anything in, but you're willing to hold on because, you know, in the end, all things are working together for your good. In spite of what, I, I know nobody likes to lose, but you've got you've to gotta know, you already know how big your God is. So you already know that you have the victory and you've not lost. You just got to have enough confidence and faith and belief to know that what you're seeing before you is not really your reality. That at some point you are going to come out on top and not, and not on the bottom. Amen? Does that make sense? Because now where I am right now, today is Sunday and it's football. And, and right now, I don't even care. Not that, I, not that I should care, because where we are right now, but in this day, I, there's not, there's not, Sister Gordon, there's not much that I'm, not much interest. But now that, it's, it's not that important to me, because what happens is, what happens when you get to that point, now you just, you just call it a wash, right? And you don't, and you don't even. You, oh well. There's not one ounce of what God has done in your life that He has not orchestrated. There's not one thing that you're facing right now. That God has been that God is unaware of. Amen. The last thing is that, you, that you've got to understand that God is love. God is love. As you as we are maturing in this mission, it's important that you have you have to be able to reflect the character of God. Right? That, that, is, that is what he wants you to do. And that, that is when you are understanding. Verse 19 says, to know the love of Christ, which surpasses what? Surpasses knowledge. The love of Christ surpasses knowledge. The love of Christ surpasses knowledge. The love of Christ surpasses knowledge. And isn't it, isn't it interesting that and I want you I want you to understand this. Because oftentimes what do we base the love that we express off of? Knowledge. We base it off of knowledge, don't we? Hmm? What we've come to learn and to know. Is that right? People people who have prejudices. Prejudices are not are, are are learned. Somebody has to teach you. Somebody has to teach you to be prejudiced. And all of us have prejudices. All of us have prejudices. But the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. That, that means there is a love of Christ that goes beyond what I know. That goes beyond what I've been taught and goes beyond what I've learned. Does that make sense? 
And as we begin to understand this and understand the relationship between God's God's creation and himself, we have to understand the mercy that he has extended to us, the completion of the work of Christ on the cross, and the fact that he that Christ took upon God's wrath, that that is an expression of love toward us. That as we are being fashioned into the image of Christ, we take on a love that is representative of the love that he extended on the cross. And you can't do that, Alfred, out of knowledge, can you? It comes only through your willingness to be mature, right? Or your desire your desire to be mature. And in turn, it also makes you more and more passionate about the things of Christ, about what Christ wants to accomplish in your lives. Just think what would what would happen to the church if everybody took on the love of Christ. How would, how would we interact with people? How would we share with people? Does that make sense? That was, that is where we would be able to comprehend the length and breadth and depth and height. So when I understand the love of God, I allow him to transform my heart. Right? I'll allow him to, because now God has written, God has written his law where? On my heart, right? He's written his law on my heart. So now, now as I as I desire to mature in this mission, what I'm doing is I am I am allowing God that as he places, as he as he works in my life, every place that he has positioned me. I understand that God is working, and I understand that he is on a mission. So every place that he places me, my focus is where? My focus is on him and not on not on me. And I understand that things may not be the way I want them to be, but God is still working. So now my view of God is a big view. My view of God is a big view, and I understand that there's no situation I can find myself in that is too big for God. I may not understand it. I may not I'm, I may not fully know how God is going to work it out, but I know God is going to work it out. It's not my place to convince him how. It's not my place to tell him how. It's not it's not my place to put put expectations on him as to how he should do it. I'm not his advisor. It's just to know that he is going to do it, right? And, 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 and if I know that he is going to do it, now I'm not focused on him. What am I focused? I'm focused on the, what I'm facing. I'm focused on him. And because I'm focused on him, I'm open. I'm open to what he wants to do and how he wants to use me. So when the opportunities come my way for God to give me an opportunity to love somebody, to help somebody, to show somebody the way, 
Now I'm not distracted. I'm focused on what God is doing. So now I'm in a position where I can be used by God. Does that make sense? And God can do that however he wants to do it. Right? Why? Because he's sovereign. He can do it whenever he wants to do it. But at the end of the day, is God going to do it? Yes. So I put myself in that position where I don't want to miss it. And now I'm focused, I'm aware. And then the last thing for me to do is to show the love of Christ. The last thing for me to do is show the love of Christ. Understanding the length and breadth and height and depth of it. And it is a love that surpasses all knowledge. Can you love somebody? In spite of, in spite of knowledge. Can you love somebody in spite of knowledge? Or does knowledge prevent you from loving somebody with the love of Christ? Does knowledge prevent you from loving somebody with the love of Christ. If it does, it's something you give to God and say, God, help my husband. Because at the end of the day, God wants to be glorified. At the end of the day, God is going to be glorified. And at the end of, at the end of the day, because God is glorified and you are where you are, you are going to be exalted if you take on a position of humility. So what that means is, in the end, you're going to come out where? On top or on the bottom? You're going to come out on top. Is your God that big? That's my question. Is your God that big that you believe that you will come out on top and not on the bottom? Amen? Because at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about who? It's about him. The life that he has called us to is a life that reflects the image of Christ to the world. A life that reflects the image of Christ to the world. And as we As we dial in to that life, it requires us to be focused on God and not on the world. Focused on God and not on ourselves. Many times we are our worst enemies. Many times we are our worst enemies. But when you know it, you can do something about it. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.